I'm Bob McCallum, and this is John Shannon, and we're on the Bob McCallum Podcast, which is brought to you by Bed Rivers. Download the Bed Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Our discussion this day will be uh, about the Invictus Games. John? Are you participating? I am not. I have all my limbs, I'm afraid, so I don't think I qualify under that regard. Well, um, but well, I paid it, it, some it, attention. I, I guess I guess the uh, I guess the conversation will start with Invictus, but it really will revolve around our pal Scott Moore more than anything else, right? Who is the new CEO, right, of the Invictus Games? C- correct. <laughs> Which right, is you know. interesting because I don't know what qualifications you have to have for that job, but you know Moore is a broadcast guy, and uh, how that relates to these games, we'll we'll ask him. So well, it's funny because. You know, one of his best friends is, uh, you know, your pal, Pelly. Keith Pelly. Right. Uh, and, you know, Keith went from being a broadcast guy to running the you're right. uh, European you're right. golf tour. And now he's going to come back and uh, as of next month, run Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. So, well, it, I haven't, I haven't talked. A connection. Yeah, I haven't talked to Scott at all, but, or Keith. But I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if more winds up at MLSE in some role. Would you? Uh, that's a good question. I, I I would be I would be now because again we'll ask Scott about this. That he actually was telling me that he was slowing down. He wasn't going to do as much. He was going to he and his. Well, uh, that's like, a lie, obviously. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, it wouldn't be the first time with Scott. So, no. um, oh, did I say that out loud? Sorry. Yes, uh, uh, anyway, it was uh, it, it's uh, it was a surprise uh, early this month when it got announced. Oh, uh, uh, it'll be fun to see what Scott says and uh, and what his plan is. So he's moving to the West Coast and going to run the Invictus Games that, have, that will be played next February 2025 uh, in Whistler. Uh, yeah, with, Whistler and Vancouver, I think. Yeah, a little. Uh, uh, yeah, there, that's, there are a few events in Vancouver. Yeah, I, well, I think they're. I don't think Whistler's big enough to hold a hockey arena. So. No, they're not. I don't no. think. Well, either they have one. I've never been. Have you been to Whistler? Oh, years ago, Bob. Years oh. ago, I haven't. I, I like. I didn't even get there during the Olympics. Neither did I. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't get there, uh, and and it's gone nothing but grown since then as well. So in the last fourteen years. So anyway, my without ex, further, my ex-wife, who was my wife at the time of of Vancouver, took a helicopter ride with Pelly's wife up to from Vancouver to Whistler. That must have been nice. I imagine it was terrific. She showed me great pictures, and she said it was pretty awesome up there. Well, that's, I never got a chance to go out. So that's as close as you got to Whistler pictures. Yeah, otherwise I was with you. I, you oh, yeah, and you're so lucky, huh? I was lucky, right, John? Yeah, <laughs> babysitting you in Vancouver with all the cops from all over Canada saying hello to us every day. So who who was babysitting whom? I was babysitting you. Don't don't be mistaken about that. Okay. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Another guy that was there, because uh, I, w- I think I had a beer with him in, in Vancouver in 2010 and is going to go back to Vancouver, is our friend Scott Moore. He joins us after the break. Hi, this is Bob McCowan for BetRivers.com. Hey, if you're looking for a sports book or casino app, you should check out the BetRivers Sports and Casino app today. Play all of your favorite casino games for real money anywhere and anytime. Plus, get in the action with each sports game 
with hundreds of sports betting options and get ready to feel like a VIP because you'll earn both loyalty level points and bonus store points on every real money wager you make. You must be 19 plus available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 or speak to an advisor free of charge. BetRivers.com. Welcome back to Cowan Podcast. Bob and John in Toronto. And as uh, my old pal says, <laughs> look at the cat dragged in. Scott Moore, thing two. Um, was supposed to be semi-retired and is now the chief executive officer. You always liked titles, didn't you? Chief executive officer of the Invictus Games in Vancouver for next year. What the hell were you thinking? Yeah, I was. I was uh, nicely semi-retired, working on my uh, on my golf game and my pickleball game in California. I went to our pals. <laughs> uh... Pickleball. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I went to our pal Keith Pelly's birthday celebration in London at the at the opening night party because Keith had three days of parties for his sixtieth. Um, at the opening night party, I ran into Aaron O'Toole, the former Veterans Affairs Minister and leader of the Conservative Party. He said, "Scott, are you aware of the Invictus Games?" I said, "Yeah, I am." He said, "Well, they they need a new CEO." I said, "Well, I can recommend a couple of people." Because I'm playing pickleball, and he, and he said, "No, we'd like you to consider it." And I thought, "Well, I, I don't think so." And then I started doing some research into the Invictus Games, uh, watched the Netflix that I'd encourage people to watch called Heart of Invictus about uh, the games in the Hague, and uh, I was so inspired. I said, "Okay, I'm in. Uh, if you want me, if you're crazy enough to hire a CEO, I'm in." It's and. I will tell you that I have not been energized since, John, uh, we launched the NHL on Sportsnet uh, 10 years ago. It's it's just inspiring every day. I've met uh, athletes and service members who are a part of this, uh, partners, sponsors who are all unified in their purpose of helping service members and veterans. It's it's really an outstanding cause. So uh, the pickleball will have to wait in our... Our friend uh, Gary Bettman, I saw him at the at the NHL All Star Game. He said, "I knew you couldn't get stay retired because I've seen your golf game." Huh. <laughs> he should now, talk. The Invictus <laughs> Games are sort of like the Olympics, and it's interesting that these will be one in Vancouver and Whistler, right? Which is interesting because 2010, we were all three involved in the games, the Olympic Games there. Now, your role was basically what sales. At those Olympics, wasn't it? I was actually running CBC Sports at the time, so I was not uh, involved with the the broadcast. I was here. The best position to have an Olympic game is the head of the network that the IOC wants to bid on the next games because Correct. you get treated like, uh, like royalty because your money. So I was out here for for uh, two weeks and enjoyed the games. And there's again. Part of the reason why we can have these games, these are the first ever winter Invictus games, right? Where we've got a number of winter sports, is because of the legacy of 2010. We're using the slide center, we're using the Nordic center that were both built for the 2010 Olympics. 
Uh, we're using the curling center that was refurbished for the 2010 Olympics. And, and incidentally, as part of our commitment to the Invictus Games, we've committed to leaving a minimum of a $5 million legacy. It'll probably end up being more that will go to helping wounded, ill, and sick veterans, helping uh, create more adaptive sports winter programs. So, you know, the, the legacy of games just is a, a pretty nice virtual circle. And the other thing about being in Vancouver, other than the great view that I've got behind me, is there's a, a real culture of volunteerism that really started uh, in earnest because of the 2010 games. Right, of course. Hey, so, actually, so you better, you, you know, there, there, are, there are a few of us that know about Invictus and, and what it is. You better do a bit, you know, as a good producer, you better do a good 30-second thumbnail of what the heck the Invictus games are. Yeah, uh, a lot of people know about Invictus. As Prince Harry founded them. He's, uh, he's their patron. He's very involved. I get a lot of people saying, oh, well, that's the Paralympics for, uh, for service members, isn't it? I said, not really. It's very different. Uh, and it's different in this way. It's uh, it's 11 sports here in Vancouver for these games. Uh, it's It will be 25 or so nations from around the world, 150 athletes. But the biggest difference is that the Canadian team and most other teams that come don't choose their athletes based on whether they're going to win medals or how competitive they are. They choose their athletes based on how much they will benefit from the therapy of the experience being in the games. Because a lot of these uh, wounded, wounded, ill, and sick athletes or, or service members have physical trauma, have uh, major mental trauma, PSD, other things. And going through these games is part of their journey of wellness. And I, I guess I can describe it this way. Usually the crowd at an Invictus Games event, you're louder for the people that come in last than the people that cross the finish line first. It's it's about uh, mental and physical wellness. And it's it's a it's a wonderful cause. I can tell you all sorts of amazing stories of some of the athletes and participants I've already met and how brave they are in just getting to the starting line. Why would they have taken up the sport that they're involved in? Because until recent, until, you know, the last few weeks, there wasn't an event like this. There wasn't an winter of Invictus Games. There was no motivation, really. Was there? No. Uh, so this is the first Winter Games. And two weeks ago, we had a training camp where we had 60-odd uh, participants from around the world come and start training on the games. And again, one of my favorite stories. I met a young man named and this is his given name uh, his parents gave him this name his name is peacemaker he's from nigeria he lost a leg in a firefight with boko haram the terrorist he is up on the snow at whistler he'd never seen snow he'd never been involved in winter sports and he was learning how to ski on one leg wow i, I was watching him i'd met him before he went up on the mountain he came down the uh, to be fair the bunny hill to start uh on on one ski with two adaptive poles and he had the biggest most beautiful smile on his face i said to him what do you think he said this is the greatest day of my life and then the next day he was training on 
the skeleton, you know, the the uh, head first luge down uh, yeah. the bobsled track. He was going down the bobsled track at 50 miles an hour. He'd never done it before. He gets to the bottom. He gets up. He's got a bigger smile on his face. And I said, what do you think? He said, now this is the best day of my life. But then he, then he had the best line. I said, which did you like better, the, the skiing or the, or the skeleton? And he looked at me and he said, I, I think I like the skeleton because you don't need as much skill. All you need is courage. And I thought, what a wonderful line for uh, a fellow with physical disabilities using sport for a transformative, for its transformative power saying, all you need is courage. Yeah, all you need is courage to get on, the, on a skeleton go downhill at 50 miles an hour when you've never done it before and, you, and you're missing a limb. Like these wow. athletes, these participants are absolutely amazing, Bob. How much of a challenge, Scott? Is, I mean, we talked about it in the opening before you got here, but you're a TV guy. You know, you're, you're, a, you're a communications guy. This is now crossing the line into sports administration. Uh, do you see any difference? And what's your biggest challenge? Um, there's not that much of a difference. In fact, uh, you know, you and I, uh, John, have led big teams. We've launched networks. We've uh, we've motivated teams to do Olympics or uh, launching a network or, uh, in my case, running 55 radio stations and city TV and Sportsnet. Uh, where I had much bigger teams. So part of it's leading a team, part of it's motivating a team. And I say this about people who have worked in media and particularly live television, that our best, most transferable skill is we don't miss deadlines. You and I have never had to say, you know what, hold on, everybody, Hockey Night in Canada is not starting until eight because we, we didn't finish our PowerPoint from yesterday. We know how to get things done. We only have 11 and a half months to go for these games. There's a lot of things that I've done before, selling sponsorships and marketing events. Uh, some things I haven't done before, like bus schedules and uh, well, done accommodation for, for people. But there's a lot of transferable skills. And the good news is I jumped on a fast-moving train, got a great team, uh, an amazing chief operating officer named Robin McVicker who came from YVR, the Vancouver airport. So she knows a little about, about getting the plane out on time. So my job is really to uh, get a little bit more money in the door, although I'm happy to report that when I walked in, we were 95% to our, our budget. Uh, the, that's the good news. The bad news is I think the budget needs to be higher. So we're looking for two or three more sponsors. The federal government, uh, the federal government is <laughs> I'm kicking sorry. 15 I'm sorry. million. I'm sorry. I, I hate to interrupt. I hate to, well, I hate to interrupt because you, yeah. you and Pelly always wanted the budget to be higher. <laughs> oh, oh, you, you didn't. <laughs> I always dealt with what I, hey, listen, some of those startups I had, Scott, if we had a quarter, we, we were in the black. <laughs> so we've got, we've got great partners. Uh, the uh, federal government has given us a lot of money. The province of British Columbia has given a lot of money. We have two foundational partners, sponsorship partners in Boeing and ATCO. And John, I think you're familiar with ATCO, a company based out of uh, out of Calgary, run by the Sutton family. What I love about both Boeing and ATCO is they have this shared mission about helping vets, 
both companies have veteran hiring policies. Uh, they, they're really dedicated to that purpose. And then we have a number of other sponsors, including uh, many of the banks, the Canadian banks are in, um, I'm trying to think, tech resources. So we've got a ton of great sponsors. We, the city of Vancouver, uh, the municipality of Whistler have been great. And we have an amazing partnership with the four founding First Nations here in the Lower Mainland. They designed our our brand look. We have uh, we have uh, folks from the First Nations on our management team. It's really something that actually Francesco Aquilini uh, got us on to. He's got a partnership with First Nations here, and he felt that would be a unique part of our bid and a unique part of our operating structure to really work in partnership with the First Nations. And, and that's a great learning experience for me. One of the things that uh, really stunned me in 2010 was not only the number of uh, um, non-employees, uh, volunteers, volunteers that were involved, but how how much they did, how important they are to the, to the success, to the enjoyment of seeing games like these. Now, I made you understand you're ahead of the curve on that. You've got, what, 15,000 or so people who have already volunteered to be, you know, involved. Is that true? Uh, we had about 15,000 people sign up an expression of interest before we opened up the portal to have people actually sign up. We opened up the portal last weekend. We need about 1,900 volunteers. I think we're at 1,600 confirmed, which is terrific. And it goes back to the culture that's created around an Olympics. Uh, it, John, you and I both have done a lot of work in Calgary and Vancouver. Those two cities in particular, having hosted Olympics in the last 40 or 45 years, uh, have this culture of volunteerism. I think uh, Calgary had uh, for a long time before that as well because of Stampede and other things. You can't run a games without a ton of volunteers. You, know, you, you need people working the doors. You need people working security. You need people greeting the athletes at the airport. Uh, and they are the heart and soul of any games. So I'm really thrilled that we had so much take up. Because of the one year to go events that we had uh, two weeks ago in the training camp, we got a lot more press. We did a lot more marketing. Our awareness of the games has gone up about 60% to 85%. Uh, our friends at Patterson Outdoor gave us a bunch of billboards. I, I was in Toronto the day. I was driving in on the Gardener and saw one of our big billboards. So we've got partners helping us to, uh, to market the games. By the time they get here in a year, we hope that uh, certainly in the lower mainland, Vancouver Island, people will not only know about the games, but they'll be passionate about the games and they'll want to attend them. Right. So, so you, well, you, you've you been do, on the job. You do opening and closing ceremonies, right? We do do opening and closing ceremonies. And uh, I, I we just confirmed our two venues. You won't be surprised at uh, where they are. I, I, we haven't announced them yet, but... I will say that I feel a personal duty to make sure that those two venues are filled for the opening and closing ceremonies, and they will be major opening and closing ceremonies. At the, uh, the Invictus Games were held in Toronto in 2017. Canada's right. the only country that ever 
hosted them. Uh, the closing ceremonies for Invictus Toronto, I believe, had uh, uh, Bruce Springsteen and Brian Adams. So the uh, bar has been set. I have to uh, work with the team to make sure we're we're uh, hitting that bar and overachieving that bar. And you guys will not be surprised that my my board in Vancouver is insistent that we stage a better games than Toronto did. Oh, really? <laughs> Well, and not only that, let's face it, with your contacts and guys like Bruce Allen living in Vancouver, you will have very little problem finding quality entertainment uh, for uh, for both, right? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I've had a couple of conversations with Bruce, and I think we've got some, some names that people will know when we announce them. And Vancouver and BC has had no shortage of great musical talent over the years. And I hope many of them will be back to be part of these games. Um, the majority of these games will be held at Whistler, right? And a few events in Vancouver. Will, will you hold yeah, we, the opening and closing ceremonies in Vancouver? And will Whistler, Whistler's a couple hours away, you know, by car. Would they be mad about that? No, uh, our opening and closing ceremonies are being held both in Vancouver. Uh, we want to include Whistler. We just hired our, our ceremonies producer, and we haven't announced that one yet. Uh, people will not be surprised at who we've hired, someone with a great deal of experience. I've already talked to the producer about making sure we include Whistler physically in the opening and or closing ceremonies. But we have venues... Uh, for sports in Vancouver, the Vancouver Convention Center, Hillcrest Curling Center, and UBC Pool. And up in Whistler, it is the Alpine, so Whistler, Black Oak Mountain, uh, the Center for Biathlon, and then the Sliding Center for Skeleton. Which, by the way, after the, uh, after the training camp, we've had to add second day of Skeleton because all the nations have said they're going to all participate in this. One of the interesting other things about the Invictus Games is there's 550 athletes from 23 to 25 nations, and they can participate in as many sports as they want. So really? they all wanted, yeah, they all want to do skeleton. Uh, they tried to get me down the skeleton track. Prince Harry did it. He actually did it twice, and he came down after the the first run and said that was uh, that was amazing. I'm going. In. Really? No okay. uh, Never mind. Never mind, Harry. Have you met Megan? Yes, I have. I, they were both here for the training camp two weeks ago. And I'll tell you what, these two have an incredible glaring spotlight on them at all times, but they, they reflect that spotlight on games. And when the two of them are talking to the participants, veterans from countries around the world, the veterans light up and Harry and Megan light up. This was Harry's baby. He created it in 2014. He'd been to the Warrior Games in the U.S. and said, let's do a, an international games. He gave the folks that were doing that nine months to put it on. So I feel like I've got all the time in the world in 11 months. Uh, but this will be the seventh Invictus Games. It, it wouldn't have happened without uh, Prince Harry, and they certainly wouldn't be successful without him. It, it so Are they in Vancouver because of him, too? Because he and Megan... Both went to Southern BC when they first left England. And I know they lived there for quite a while before they Victoria. moved to California, right? 
yeah, they're, they're very familiar with the BC. They did, I believe, live in uh, Victoria for a little Victoria. bit. Right. Uh, he was very supportive of the games being in BC, but there is an Invictus Games Foundation, sort of the IOC of Invictus Games. They are yeah. based in London, England. They're the ones that make the decision as to where the games are. But Herod has a loud voice in everything that happens. I imagine, yeah. How, how do you, is there a television component, Scott? There is, uh, and I was in Toronto last week speaking to broadcasters. We we have a host broadcast that will telecast all the sport, though that will probably end up being streamed. And then every night there is a one-hour highlight package, which is more storytelling that will have be on several broadcast partners around the world, and hope be able to announce. Uh, who our broadcaster in Canada will be. And then there's live coverage of opening and closing ceremonies. Fantastic. We're with Scott Moore, the CEO of the Invictus Games in 2025 in Vancouver and Whistler. Bob and I will be back after this. Okay, you've name dropped. You've done a good job uh, name dropping. You know, we've uh, Gary Bettman, Aaron O'Toole, <laughs> Prince Harry. It's good. You're good at that. Um, Bob and I had. I'll tell you, it's a. Di- it- it's a different level all of a sudden you're dealing with, I've met the premier three times. Uh, it's you're just dealing with different people. Right? <laughs> well, they, they both, they put their pants on one leg at a time. So, uh, yep. So, um, uh, but one of the guys you did mention was our pal, Gary Bettman. Uh, and I'm sure you still have an interest in what's going on in hockey. I, I got to ask you, um, and, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but we saw Gary at his finest earlier this week in Winnipeg as he came back to manage what Mark Chipman had done uh, the previous week, saying that Winnipeg uh, was you know, having trouble selling tickets and this was going to be an issue. And then Gary came into town like the White Knight saying, there's no problem here. This is all good. Life is good. Winnipeg's a model franchise. Um what do you, you know, Gary, well, what, what do you think his mindset is when he comes in and does things like that? Well, you know, well, if not better than I do, he is one of the greatest qualities is he is one of the most loyal people on earth and he's loyal to people and he's loyal to franchises. Uh, people don't give him nearly enough credit for the fact that there are seven NHL franchises in Canada uh, during the late 80s, 90s, we could have lost uh, Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg. Well, we did lose Winnipeg, and, and he was instrumental in bringing it back. I, I did joke with him once. Uh, we were sitting at a playoff game in Winnipeg. and said, they should put you on the big screen here because you'd actually get cheers here. He said, no, I'd get booed here too. Uh, uh, so he's determined to make sure that his franchises are successful. Now, the flip side of that loyalty is that some would criticize him for, you know, hanging on in some cases, like in Phoenix, where he, he doesn't want to give up the ghost. But I, he will push the Winnipeg franchise as he's pushed all sorts of other franchises to be successful and to, hey, he doesn't want to hear threats about any franchises moving. No, but he can't be critical of Winnipeg. While he supports Phoenix, Scott, you know that. He's in a position now where no no matter how bad it gets with anybody else, he can't do anything as long as he supports Phoenix. And he's done that for 20 years, right? More. Yep. And 
he's he's loyal, but he's also stubborn. He doesn't want uh, a franchise to be seen as failing. Now, I, Winnipeg's I going through fran- what all franchises go through, the ups and downs of the competitive cycle, right? And it just happened to be at a time in the economy where things are uh, things are more and more expensive. And that's that's a tough environment in a small market. You know, you're not going to have that problem. You're not going to have that problem in Vancouver. You're not going to have that problem in in New York because you've got a very large market where people are spend money on entertainment. And in an inflationary time, uh, sometimes people have to make choices and they don't go out as much. So I, I it's cyclical. You think he's misunderstood, Gary? Absolutely. Absolutely, he's misunderstood. Now, I I can be criticized as an apologist for Gary, but I've spent a lot of time with him, as you have, John. He's, as I said, he's loyal. When he shakes your hand on a deal, you've got a deal. One of the untold stories about the Rogers deal is we went in and did deal, uh, negotiated on, on a single day. We shook hands and we left. We didn't have anything in writing for like four or five days. And the, the Rogers executives, Nadir Muhammad and Tony Staffieri, they, they were really concerned that Bell was going to come in and swoop in and take the deal. And I said, guys, when you've shaken hands with Gary, you have a deal. And turned out three or four days later, yes, Bell did try and swoop in, but Gary honored the deal and we papered it. And that's the type of guy he is. Yeah. And, but, you know, there's when, I mean, I, I would take issue that you're an apologist because anybody that has, we, we all have arguments with Gary, we all have disagreements with Gary. And then the next day you start and you're still a friend, you know, and that's, that's the yeah. amazing thing that, and, and I don't think he holds grudges. Um, at least not with you or me, <laughs> but, 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 oh, but, <laughs> Yeah, no. he did with Bob. Yes, for a while. Yeah. He, he'd he's still come on this show. Five years. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe he was right. And it cost five billion dollars to get him to talk to me because he didn't talk to me until the morning of the press conference at Rogers. I ran oh. to him and he said hello. Uh, and, so, and like everything else expensive. we did at Rogers, and like everything else we did at Rogers, Bob, we did it all. For you just to get have, thank uh, you very much you're back on your show i appreciate it <laughs> oh my god don't tell him that it's going to be hard to live with <laughs> so speaking of that how long before uh uh you announce your new deal at uh, maple leaf sports and entertainment with your pal keith pelly you're laughing yeah, but so it's it's true you know i'm waiting for no, it. No, so there's a funny story about uh keith's announcement it also goes back to his 60th birthday. There were about 70 of us that flew over to celebrate his 60th birthday. This is a three day worth of parties. And on the Sunday, he got up uh, on a chair because he had to be seen. He's not that tall. Uh, he got up on a chair and said to everybody that had come in, thank you very much. You know, it means the world to me that you came to celebrate our my 60th birthday with Jonah and the kids. But I have to tell you, uh, we could have done it in Toronto in three months because I just signed a deal with Maple Sports and Entertainment to be their CEO. And all laughed because we all spent a great deal of money to get over there and spend, uh, in some cases, Becky and I spent in, in London, Paris. But it was it was worth it. And I, when he got announced, 
I had a number of calls from people saying exactly what you just about. So are you going to work at Maple Sports? I said, yeah, my announcement's coming up soon. I'm the assistant equipment director of the Marlies. Well, whatever it is, <laughs> you'll have a job. You know that, right? <laughs> I'm going back to pickleball after uh, next March when I'm done here in Vancouver. Back to pickleball and I'm uh, golf game. Yeah, you said you were retired about a year ago when you were on with us. <laughs> and look at you now. So we don't yeah, believe my brother, the same work. Yeah, my brother says I'm not very good at retirement, and he's right. You're probably right. Yeah. No, I think I, I'm kind of on Bettman's side. I just don't think you're very good at golf. So <laughs> that is true. That is also true. Sadly. Hey, so um, so speaking of Keith, you know, it's about a month. I think he takes over officially because God knows they haven't had any phone calls prior to April second. Um, what what uh, what kind of job, what, what can people who on the outside look in to see Keith Pelly run Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, what can they expect? Well, I've been joking, and Bob will appreciate this more than most, that Keith was born under a certain star. He has a wonderful, charmed life. And I predict that the way things go for Keith Pelly. The Toronto Maple Leafs will win the Stanley Cup sometime in the next two years because that's just how things happen in this world. Uh, he, when he was president of the Argos for, what, a year and a half, Bob, uh, he won the Great Cup. Yep. So he's, good things happen around Keith. And I'll say this about him, and I know Keith and and uh, my old friend Tim Lucky, who also ran Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, they've, uh, they had a dinner last night, I think, in, in London. Um the two of them think they, uh, they'll do something big. I'm not sure what it'll be with Keith, but he is so good at getting teams to row in the same direction. He's so good at coming up with, with crazy ideas. Now, one of the guys that is going to work with Keith called me and said, what's your best advice about working with Keith? I said, here's the best advice. He'll come in every Monday morning with 20 ideas. 19 of them are be horrible and somebody's got to uh, have the the balls to say to him Keith those are 19 horrible ideas but that 20th that 20th idea is brilliant and somehow he will bring it to life so yeah I've I've rarely worked with a guy and, and again one of my closest friends and I'm Paul just for him because he's such a great guy uh he will do something great his biggest challenge is going to bring bringing that board together and making sure they're all in the same but i'm convinced that he'll do that and uh, just because of his luck i'd say there's going to be a stanley cup parade somewhere in, uh, in the future well, the past pre past presidents of mlc have not really been involved in the sports teams in terms of you know running them they're basically business guys and MLSC is a big business. Do you think Keith will be more involved in trying to execute, you know, dominoes in this on the teams themselves? Hundred percent, he will be. Um, I don't know if the structure has the team presidents reporting to him. Um, I'm just not familiar with his his deal, but it wouldn't surprise me if they uh, if yeah, they did. I agree with Look, you. When Tim. When Tim Lewicki ran MLS, the team presidents reported to him. He, right. he, I don't think he brought in 
Masai, but uh, he made sure Masai was successful. He did bring his. No, he brought he brought Masai back. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, um, Masai is one of the has proven himself to be one of the the great sports executives ever in Canada. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me that the teams will report to him, and uh, if do, he'll be uh, he'll be involved. He certainly was involved when he was running the European tour with how uh, things worked on the tour. He was very involved, as you know, with the live controversy. Uh, he gets his hands dirty. He's not going to be the guy that just sells popcorn and can, and beer at the concession stands. He wants to be. Oh, I wouldn't involved. think so. No. The, the challenge for Keith is that Keith is such an affable person that his strength is his strength is people. His strength is, you know, I can I I don't know about you, Scott, but I can see Keith walking the concourse trying to shake every every fan's hand, saying thanks for your contribution, and and he's. He's going to be exhausted just walking and talking and shaking hands. Well, people don't understand how tough that job is. That you're at a hundred and sixty home games. Uh, you've got eighty home games for the Leafs, eighty home games for the Raptors. No, uh, you, forty. Then 40, you got the 40, 40, 40, sorry, 40, 40, sorry, 40 each. Yeah, 40. sorry. Yeah, you're right. So eighty. Um, it's early in the morning here in Vancouver my math's not good uh, but so there's 80 nights that you're you're doing the glad handing at home games you got uh the Argos Toronto FC it's it's tough on the personal life oh. well I remember when uh, Keith was uh, president of the Argonauts and I used to go to most of the games and quite often I was in a private box upstairs and he ran around like a chicken with his head cut off during the game. Spent part of the time in the private box schmoozing the corporate sponsors. Part of the time on the sideline with Cinnamon and Sokolsky, you know, coaching the team. So I think you're right. He's going to be very involved. Now, what kind of decision-making he takes on himself uh, remains to be seen. But it wouldn't surprise me if... These teams um, are are definitely in his control. Yeah, one of my favorite stories is going to an Argo game in his box, and he didn't show up in the box until about halfway through the first quarter. I said, "Where have you been?" So that I was in the box office selling tickets. Uh, that, yeah. That's just the way. That's the he, way he is. Yep. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. Uh, He's so excited about doing it. This is just a great capper for his career. And he said to me when we were over in London, when he told us about the job before it was announced, he said, I, I would approach the job very, very differently now that I'm 60 than I would have if I got it when I was the, I'm a different guy. He's gone through so much with the European health tour, the DP world tour now. Uh, he went through the live issue he went through COVID and it wasn't as easy and brilliant a job as we all thought it was because there were tough times on the oh, yeah. tour with those crises. And he, he navigated that tour brilliantly through that. So yeah, he's, he's a seasoned executive and he doesn't sweat the small stuff that we would have been in his forties and fifties. Yeah. yeah. The, the, uh, the light wick, I've always compared, Keith to, to Tim Lewicki, uh in so many ways. Is that a fair comparison? 
hundred percent. Um, and it's funny, I don't think Keith had talked to Tim prior to taking the job and they don't really know each other well. And, uh, I, you know, I know both of them extremely well. So why I know that they had dinner last night. Um, they are cut from the same cloth. They both, uh, think really big. You, you look at the outsized impact that Tim had on that organization had been there for only a few years. Uh, as you say, Masai, and you can, you can trace that 2019 championship back to Tim Lewicki and bringing in uh, the, the success of Toronto FC and the expansion of Emo field, all things that, that Tim quarterback and, Changing the culture within the Leafs by bringing in Brendan. Now that one hasn't been successful on the ice yet, but hey, maybe it's there. well. It, you're a, you can't do that anymore. You're a Canuck fan now, so. <laughs> well, we're gonna have a run out here. I'm looking forward to that. Come on out, John. <laughs> There's gonna be hockey here until well into May and June. Well, yeah. you, you know what? If you speak about luck, could you imagine a Toronto Vancouver Stanley Cup final? Well, don't even worry Sorry. about it. Don't worry about it. I wouldn't even think about it. Not for a second. It's not going to happen. At least not. Know, guys, the Pelly Luck and the more like we got. Yeah, I know you got to go. Yeah, we're, we're done. I'm we're late. Done. I'm going to be late for my my flight to California. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Laura, see you later. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. I hope. Great to see you, Bob. So Bye. great to see you. You're looking great. Okay. Bye. Thanks. That's Scott Moore. Bob and I'll be back after this. Hey, to completely change the topic, um, I went to the basketball game last night. Did you? And I'll tell you what. Um, that Nikola Doncic is worth He's a player, right? Oh, Bob. He did it not was... have a great night, but he is He is one of the no. – he may be well, the he... best in the NBA. He had a triple double last night, Bob. I know, but he what did he scored twenty five points. All right, I called him Nikolai Luka Doncic. Sorry, but I I, I I I tell you what, um, he was so much fun to watch. He that's he was the kind of guy I've been talking about, John, for the last week or two, about the Raptors not having a guy like that, a guy who could score thirty five or forty on a night, not every night, but most of the time. And what he does almost every night is lead the team. He got 25 points. He had triple-double, didn't he? Yeah, triple-double. Yeah, he was unbelievable. I think he actually finished with 30. So, um, but... And he I, only I, hit I one, one three-pointer the whole night. But he his, like, like his passing was remarkable. Uh, away from the play, how he managed the officials. He, w I couldn't keep my eyes off of him when he was on the court, even if he didn't have the ball. And by the I way, he had the ball. Yep, I get he, it. He had the he had the ball eighty percent of the time. But he, he and then on top of that, you know, if he was tired and 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 limped back into the uh, into the play, and then he, they gave him a, a a breath, Kyrie Irving was there to take over. Yeah, I mean, they don't have He's one. Good too. Oh my God! I uh, and I, the other thing about Irving was I was shocked. Like you, you know, I think maybe it's our age, Bob, but we all think that Kyrie is a troublemaker. You know, he's outspoken. Yeah, we do. He's, the fans that were Irving fans last night at the game in Toronto—it was amazing. It was amazing. You know, the one thing I watched, 
I, I heard somebody say that Kyrie Irving is the best ball handler in the NBA. Anyway, he does things that nobody else does, and it's very rare that you get the ball off him. So I watched quite a bit of that last night, and it's true, you know. His, what he does when he's, you know, we think of guys when they score and how many points they get and center. And he got maybe, well, I don't know, 17, 18 points. Last night? And his ball handling was extraordinary. Uh, he, extraordinary. Had more than 20. he had more than 20 last night as well. Oh, did so he? They were, yeah, they were. Uh, I'll tell you what, Dallas is, uh, their record isn't as good as some in the West, but boy, oh boy, they were. Uh, they, they looked were good last night, boy. They, sh- they sure did, and and they, you know, with Hardaway and Washington, they've got they've got a few players there that can really play the game. It was uh, it was fun, it, but the reason I brought up the whole thing about Doncic was your point about you know having a star, having a guy that take the franchise and the game and put it on his back and make a difference, and he uh, he certainly did that at times last night. He's one of those guys. Yep, he might All be right. the best player in the NBA. Well, top five. Yeah, for sure. Top five. All right. Hockey tomorrow. Looking forward to the trade deadline a week from now. There's trades already been made. Burnside and DeHatchek will do a roundtable about what's going to happen in the National Hockey League. For Bob, John, see you tomorrow. 